Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our best to introduce you to designers, illustrators, and artists from around the world who are bringing your favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks. We are world fucking wide. Think about it. That's really cool, right? This week, we are going hyper-local. We've got Mr. Stephen Raboyne. We had the opportunity to meet with Stephen at Hanging Hills Brewing Company right there in the Hartford area over the holidays. It was a really great opportunity to sit down, have some beers, talk about his path, his story, you know, how he came to team up with Hanging Hills, and just learn a little bit more about him. Really exciting because Steve's been a really big supporter of the podcast really early on. You know, started using the hashtag, hint, hint. If you're not doing it, you should be doing it. Pound, tic-tac-toe, n- number sign, 160Z Canvas on all your social media adventures. And then we uh, caught up at the CT Hops for Hope Beer Festival, which was a great success, a great effort, a lot of fun, put on by the one and only Mr. Steve Wood, fellow Eagles fan, fly, Eagles fly, let's bring that Super Bowl home, but it's not a sports podcast, so we won't get too heavy there, but we had the pleasure of meeting there, he's been a big supporter, and we decided it would make sense if we did the interview in person. So we're really excited to have that opportunity, and thanks everybody at Hanging Hills for opening up shop early, pouring a few pints, letting us see behind the curtain. Even some dogs came on board. You'll hear them later on. You know, what's a what's a tap room without dogs? What is a band without cymbals? I don't know, but we'll find out. So this is episode number 45, 45, and that is crazy. 45 episodes. We're in our second calendar year. We'll be approaching in April our one-year anniversary. Maybe we'll find a, a bar or a brewery to go to, and we'll get drunk with everybody. But even got more exciting news, and you know, we'll tease it. It's not finalized. It's a work in progress. But we are working on our summer 2018 Art of Craft Beer event. So stay tuned for that. For more information, check your local listings. Tip your bartenders, etc., etc. One more piece of exciting administrative news is we also have launched our YouTube channel. That's what all the kids say, the channel. We have zero subscribers, so you will be the first on your block, and that's a guarantee. So you'll be getting early access to all the YouTube videos. Exciting. Now, you might be saying, AJ, how are you doing that? And I'm going to say... I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing on the YouTube stuff. It's a little hacky right now, but it's done with honesty and transparency. What we're doing right now is in an effort to expand the reach of the podcast, uh, the audio version, we are taking previous episodes. We've started by launching episode one with Dan Blakesley, and we throw it up there. We throw the audio in the little iMovie action. We... 
put a few images in there of the work of the artist. And we put it up there. So folks have given comments that they like to listen on different mediums. You know, some like their traditional you know podcast apps, the iTunes, the Stitcher, the Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever that you're into. We know other folks you know from the, the site are streaming directly or downloading. But the worst we figured is that you know it'll be a good opportunity for my mother to you know easily listen to it. And yeah, so we're putting it up there. You know, we are going to try to create some video. We've uploaded our video shorts that we've used for some promotion of previous episodes. That word I tried to use there was previous. And also, we'll just see where it goes. You know, we're going up to Portland in about two weeks, about a week and a half, uh, February 2nd, for the Artistic Directions event put on by Will Sears at Oxbow. And that'll feature uh, Keith Shore with McKellar, Carl Grandin with Omnipolio, and Mike Van Hall of Aslan and Stillwater. So it's really exciting. If you're going up there, please get in touch. We'd love to meet up. So a lot of cool things in the works. You can always check us out, 16ozcanvas.com. And the 16-ounce canvas, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website, and now YouTube. We are becoming cool. But remember, this episode is not about me. It's about Connecticut's own Stephen Raboyne. You can find him at Steve Raboyne on Instagram and also, which we'll talk about, his alter ego, Beer Muscles. It's a good story, folks, so don't go anywhere because without further ado, it is the one, the only, Steve Raboyne right here at the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Enjoy. Hello? And welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This week, we are here live at Hanging Hills Brewing Company right in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm joined by the designer uh, himself, Mr. Steve Raboyne, checking in here live and in person. We're trying to do this in 3D, so uh, thanks, Steve, for for making the time. It is fucking cold outside today, so we are inside (laughs) having a cold one uh, and warming up a little bit. Thanks, man. Thanks for inviting me. To be on the uh, the podcast, I'm flattered. This yeah, really excited. Fun. You know, really excited to have Steve on today because uh, we've been following his work for a while. He's one of the you know first artists that really kind of got on board supporting us with you know putting the the hashtag in his work on you know Instagram. Uh, you know, we got to connect this uh, summer at CT Hops for Hope, and really just been a good springboard and you know bouncing ideas off each other for a while. And we both kind of decided we should do it in person, so we just kind of been. Being both in Connecticut, we decided that we would, you know, make this happen, and it's really good to, to connect mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, man, that's cool. Definitely, I like to uh, support the local, local people, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's great. And you know, I, uh, you know, like I said, I've been following uh, Steve for a while. His, his uh, hustle is uh, unique. It's uh, you're definitely you, know, you work your ass off. You know, you're always. I feel you're always doing one of those challenges. You're always putting out new work. And what I really like is somebody who's kind of hacky um, is seeing seeing the process you're really good about sharing your process a lot of behind the scenes stuff it's not just wow this is done it's this is my phases this is how i did it and you're definitely uh you're definitely sharing your your craft and your your hustle with folks which i think is inspiring yeah i mean uh i kind of made more of an effort this year to kind of show more of my process at, i mean for the longest time it was like i want to show just a you know a final work or a per- perfect piece um, and I don't, I, I don't think people are as impressed by that. They like to see how I got to that final product, whether it be like, I'll show some sketches and then maybe some comps and then the final 
I've gotten a lot more feedback that way. Yeah, uh, at my job, our art director, like, I'll introduce him to some artists, and he's like, all of a sudden, it'd be like, they'll show a post where they're, like, kind of sketching one quick line, and it's like, boom, it's this ma massive, like, mural. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? How'd you get to that? Man? Right, 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 right. Yeah, and so I think that, uh, especially, like, I, I designed for the uh, the Doodle or Die, downloaded uh, Illustrator, and tried to work some magic there, and it was painful, but I felt, <laughs> I felt you know, just knowing a little bit more about that, it was been... Uh, Maybe appreciate this whole uh, project a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Plus, it, like it helps like for even like prospective clients to see that, to see like the type of work that goes into things. Like they they don't think I hit like the design button and like magically things are done. It's like you know there, there's work and labor that is involved in making the thing you want from me. So I think that helps too. Yeah, because I think that you're right. And that's <laughs> another thing with art and design and things that aren't necessarily like a tangible, you know building or something that's like to say I put 30 40 hours in something just example if you don't show the process it's like oh this guy just quick sketch that and hit a magic button and it looks yeah. cool yeah so I think also yeah it's it's amazing I mean just all the the, pro the, the, the process then also like um, kind of been following some mentors online they design business mentors and you know it, as a designer I'm competing now no longer with just designers in the area it's designers from other parts of the country who are or the other parts of the world who are willing to do a logo for 15 bucks online so that's who I have to compete with and a lot of those people I can't compete with they're they're really good and they're really cheap so I have to show my value in my thinking more than the finished product almost like show how I arrive to conclusions and more almost about like um, customer service um, than the finished product because you you can hire anybody to do your, your go to like Fiverr or 99 designs you get a logo done for like a buck from some kid in Indonesia like it is great yeah when you find that shit out it's like yeah a lot of folks uh, yeah but that's what everyone who has their own business says like you can't be afraid to you know ask for that money you know yep. uh, we had Matthew Ryan Sharp and he was like if I could you know eventually one of these days you know exposure and all this promises of oh yeah you know that that'll uh, one day that'll be a tangible you know <laughs> cryptocurrency that I can you know exchange in and maybe I'll make some money off it. But I remember when I did freelance websites, that was the worst because you really, you didn't have enough big enough of a portfolio to justify it, but you weren't working any less any you know any uh, it wasn't any easier. You weren't putting any less time in. Right, right, right. You're probably actually putting more time in because you're so like this has to be the perfect you know hue. This has to be the perfect mm -hmm. color. You know, I didn't have any shortcuts back then. See, I don't know. I, I, part of me is like, I'll do free work, spec work, comps, um, like to get, if there's an industry I want to break into right. and I have no work in that field, yeah. like even to get Hanging Hills, um, I did like a label for this dude in New Britain has like a homebrew company, homebrewing mm -hmm. club or something. So I did a label for his, a beer he, he made. And then I had done a couple labels for a new brewery in Manchester, Labyrinth. They did like a contest. I was like, I'll throw down in that. Why the hell not? I didn't get paid any money. Right. But I did it, and I got the comps, and I put, the, put that stuff together on my website. That way, when these guys ended up calling me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check these out. And they're like, oh, okay, you can do that. Because people need to see it. Right. Like, it, I'm a designer. Like, I can do design anything. Like, that's, I can, I, I feel like I can design anything. But, like, the client. So like, well, you don't have a beer label under your belt, so I can't. You can't possibly know how to do that. So you know, if you want to get 
that type of work. You got to show people that you can, and that's any field really. You kind of have yeah. to have that type of work yeah. in your book. Yeah, I put it back to the when I like, and I'm in sales now, so it's easy. But like, people hate the cold call. I don't mind it. I used to go back to when I was in a band or managed the band, and you're not gonna get the Friday headlining spot at the biggest club in town just because you're super nice. Like, you're gonna get the shitty Tuesday open mic where they might give you like an extra song that night versus somebody else and then you have to like work your way up right right so it's it's like give and take but i think it's it's as long as everybody's respectful and not just trying i mean because i think artists and designers get grinded out for like oh maybe one day you know it's like okay you know yep the dangle of the carrot which is you know then when they grind you out they get dangled the next guy right right right. that's why i don't know you got to kind of for me anyways is like weeding out a lot of the the riffraff like the people that that'll hit me up and be like, hey, I, I have this project, I have a huge following, you know, this would be a great for exposure or great for your portfolio, which if you read between the lines, be like, I'm not paying you. <laughs> yeah. um, when I was really young, I would bite for that type of stuff, but like now, I, I don't, I won't bite. Um, it's hard, it's hard not to bite. Though. Well, I mean, I think I've worked myself into a good spot where like I don't need all the work and I can say no to things, but that came with doing just a shitload of work. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have enough. I feel like I have enough work under my belt that I can't say no. Like I don't need to jump yeah. at every little stupid thing that comes my way. Like, oh, can you do a T-shirt for me? Yeah. For no money. And I'm like, well, I'd rather not. Rather. Yeah. We have this bad. We have like we sell all these shows. It's like so you sell the shows, you get paid money at those shows. Mm-hmm. You're supposedly doing amazingly well, but you can't throw me a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the, and it's like the guy who says like, you know, like do this project for me and he'll be balking at, you know, a bill for a couple hundred bucks and then you see him driving in his, like, Mercedes, BMWs, Land Rover, and you're like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's the guy that's going to bust your balls, not the... Yeah, that guy's like, oh, this, this, <laughs> can you come back and give me six more versions of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So let's take one step back. <clears throat> yeah, sure. How did, you know, how did Steve get into design? I mean, how did you get into, you know, drawing and design and art? I was always an artist. I was... I was really, really bad at school, like terrible. Um, but I, I learned really young that I, I was really good at drawing. I'm talking like first, second grade. Um, I used to zone out and not pay attention to a damn thing. I'd look out the window and just like draw pictures of shit and doodle all day long, comic book characters and stuff, like forever. I, I, uh, I had all kinds of artwork displayed in like the, the Capitol and won all kinds of art awards as a, as a young kid. Um, and I don't know, just, it's something I knew I was good at and it was easy for me. So I just always went in that direction. Um, kind of fell off in high school uh, when I like discovered win- uh, girls and playing football and wrestling and sports right. and stuff. Right. I kind of was like, nah, art, art is kind of fruity. So I kind of got away from it. It was like all testosterone for four years. Um, it's kind of funny. But then my senior year, I had an open elective, and I went and took, like, art one. Yeah. And just for, for the hell of it, I had to take something. Yeah. And I was, like, smoking it. And, like, the art teacher was like, have you ever thought of going to art school? I was like, I haven't even thought about doing anything. I thought I was going to play in the NFL, but I'm 5'6", so it's, it's right. not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what schools have you applied to? I'm like, none. <laughs> like, I hadn't even applied to any colleges or anything. I was, like, such a shithead. Like, I was like, I'm going to play football forever. But, like, by my senior year... Right. <laughs> like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening? You're yeah. leaving here in a couple of months. So I ended up going to Central um, Connecticut State University. 
I didn't have the, a portfolio built to go to any sort of like fancy art school. It had no money. Um, so I went to Central. They had a really good art program there. So I went to their illustration program um, for three semesters. Um, did a bunch of drawing. Nothing crazy. Uh, then I ended up actually leaving there after 9-11 and joined the Marine Corps again with this testosterone like mm -hmm. jacking up my whole career trajectory in my life. <laughs> Let's go be Rambo for four years. Yeah. Uh, did that. Uh, and at the end of my enlistment, I had about six months left and I wasn't going to get deployed again. So I took some art classes in a community college out uh, on the West Coast, Palomar College. Um, took like a life drawing class. And then I took this rendering course from a guy named uh, Chris Polenz, who was like fantastic. He was the best art teacher ever, I ever had. He, um, he showed me how to use like pencils and paints correctly to how like called rendering was how to make something look very like photorealistic, which was awesome. Um, how to like teach your eye to really look at like the small details that make things look like correct photorealistic, which is manipulating the lights and the darks and stuff like that. And that even carries over to me now, like what I do now. So then I, uh, when I was discharged, I came back to Connecticut and uh, I had applied to go back to Central, but in their graphic design program, because I was like, I'm not an artist. Like, I'm, I like art, but I'm like, I want to work. I don't want to be hunched over an easel my whole life making no money. So I found graphic design, which is like web design and art that you can get paid to do um, and make money. So. I thought that was a good fit, and uh, since the, the three semesters that I had gone previously, mm -hmm. all of the prereqs there translated okay. to the graphic design program, I, I was able to bang out that degree in like three and a half years. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was 25, I was like, I need to go to work, I need to start making money, I have like bills and car payments and insurance to pay for it. So I did that, um, graduated there, I think it was like 2009 I graduated. Um, which in 2000, it was like mid-2009, beginning of 2009, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you remember at the time, the economy was pretty awesome. Um, really well. <laughs> yeah. Especially for, yeah. We were really kicking For marketing out. departments <laughs> yeah, and graphics. Yeah, yeah like uh, that was like people in like the creative and art yeah. departments were getting schwacked left and right. Um, so trying to find a job was actually really tough. Um, luckily, I, I hustled pretty hard and I got an internship, um, a couple internships out of college and then I got hired at an agency, worked there for three and a half years. Um, we did tons of like in out of near near Hartford here, so it was like all like insurance stuff. Um, but I learned how to like work my ass off. Um, and I had a couple kids, and that agency life got exhausting. So I took an in-house job at a hospital here in Hartford. Worked in a department in, in uh, the marketing department for like three years. Got my master's from Quinnipiac. Learned like video production, animation, all kinds of like other media stuff. Um, and now I'm, I'm working full time at Hartford editing video, yeah. working on my own stuff. The furry dogs are out. Yeah. <laughs> the dog, the dog pound. Well, I have to, um, dogs out. You're our first, uh, you're our first vet we've had on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. So thank you for your service. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, right? That's awesome. It's always like a weird uh, comment, like, thanks for your service. I don't ever know what to say to it. I'm always like... Yeah, I, I, was like, I can't imagine. I, mean, I don't, like, I don't, you know, I'm definitely, uh, 
I'm definitely a liberal dude, but like I don't like I think that it's amazing that like you know the the commitment that people make. You know, it's just uh, yeah, it's just we're in a weird time period, but I think that there needs to be a distinction between the people and the process, and the people need to get a lot more I don't know appreciation or respect or just kind of separate from the all the bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes with being like young, stupid, and poor. I joined like I was like, I have no money. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a badass, I guess. I guess I'll join the military. Looking back, I'm like, oh, that's stupid. But. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you're like, I, I, I'll say it again. Like, Steve's work ethic, if you follow him online, he's like second to none. I mean, you're, you know, you're working a full time job. I mean, fuck, being a dad, like, you and I are, have kids. Like, that's in and of itself mm-hmm. a whole other world of yeah. stress and problems and happiness and, you know, everything else. But always putting out new stuff always working hard you know and it's really just i think it's like i said before it's in, it's inspiring so maybe that's you know maybe that's a military-esque you know I, I know i used to wrestle so i mean even the wrestling grind is that's uh push your body you know three times more than you ever thought was humanly possible and then it's still not enough and you weigh too much and mm-hmm. you need to you know wear a trash bag and yeah yeah but but yeah so i mean that's, that's one of the things i've always had you know i've admired from just kind of following him afar is you know, your, your grind is pretty on point. You, you work really hard. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I I guess I just take a look around. If in this area, like, I think being a dad, being in Hartford, my opportunity is pretty limited in town here. Like, there's even in Connecticut, there's not a whole hell of a lot of jobs for, like, a senior art director for right. me to make, like, really good money doing really cool stuff. There just isn't there. And I... I said this to myself when I went and got my master's, like, if I cannot find the job that I want, I'm going to make the job that I want. So that's why I kind of really put a huge, huge premium on my side work in building that. Because ultimately, that's where I want to be. That's the stuff I want to be doing Mm -hmm. full time. Um, And yeah, just like, I'm going to make my own opportunity. You know, if if I'm not happy here, I'm the one who's in charge of, of that. And if I can do anything about it, I will. And that that's it. Like I'll, I will grind myself to death to be better. <laughs> right, <laughs> to, but we, the, to we be the, more the, valuable, yeah, to we, get we, better work, to be valued in the community, to... <laughs> right, but to put it in perspective for folks like Scorn at Home, so we did the Doodle or Die with uh, Robbie Davis. And you have your two monikers. You have Steve, you know, Steve Raboin, Rabo- yeah. and you have your beer muscles. You were doing two... Sketches a day, <laughs> yeah. Two sketches a day, and then immediately following that, you had your superhero one. Yeah. And then you just had, then you were doing, then you, before that, you were doing a logo one, and then you did your Star Wars stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's always, it's always grinding. Yeah. It, well, I there's a thing I always tell to be, people too. It's like, um, like creativity begets creativity. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't even know what to do. Like, like dudes I went to design school with, they're like, oh, you got really good. How'd you get so good? Cause like I wasn't like anybody leaving design school. I was just very we're all their, the same. They're very know? good with their words, huh? <laughs> You're good. Man. Yeah. Like, like, how'd you get so good? And I'm like, well, like it's weird. You know, the more I do, the better I get. But that's anything. Like you want to get right. good at doing a podcast or jujitsu or right anything. You have to do it over and over and over. Like I'm it really it shocks me when I see people that like don't do anything and then they're kind of like waiting for the universe to like. Yeah, like give them their portfolio is only like <clears throat> tangible projects. It's like or not even that. I mean, it's like I don't know those those the Yoda. I mean, I mean, I've seen Darth Vader and Yoda a million times, right? I mean, if you're like Star Wars, I mean, you came here with your Darth Vader 
mug of, you know what I mean? I got my yeah. boys yeah. all of our Star Wars gear. <laughs> like I, um, but those are those sketches were were killer. And you have the ones you were doing with one one of the accounts was just with the Sharpie marker most of Yeah, days. yep. And like that was the other thing. You're like, I'm just trying a new technique, and you were just like. Fuck you! Like those were good, and then with a sharp marker, <laughs> I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, even just me as a nobody, just trying to do those, to be. I felt like that was a good uh, exercise for me to, like, understand, like, just trying to create something every day, or having to create something that you didn't want to create. Like some of those words are really hard for me to come up with an idea for, mm-hmm. let alone make something cool. And I didn't go back and like edit it out. I was just like, whatever this comes out is, this is what's going to put out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really therapeutic. Like, I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, the, I thought it was super fun. But like I was saying, like creativity begets creativity. Like once, like I decided like two years ago that I'm just going to like post one thing every day, no yeah. matter what it is. And like at the beginning, it was really, really crappy. It was terrible. Like I deleted all of it because it's like garbage. It was just like there's there's like two years worth of shit that I just obliterated because it was right. it was trash, but it was it gave me the opportunity to one like think of new thing ideas like try to express myself in different ways. Two like I find like a technique that I wanted to try out or a, a try a different tool. So I'm kind of doing all of that stuff. Um, what I liked about the challenges is like it's very specific, it is focused. So like mm-hmm. so like for the beer muscles, it was like all right, I'm gonna do it all and I'm gonna do it with a sharpie. During lunch at work, I'm just gonna bang these out real quick. The ones I did for Steve or Boyne were like way more intense. Like right. I did them like way too much time. Like <laughs> way too much time. Like that Yoda Darth Vader. I think I spent like sat there for like four hours on a Sunday. My wife's like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I say what. Thankfully, I made your wife before uh, before we had the challenge. Yeah, she was. You know, she was like, what did you get my husband into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's like once you st- like n- now I'm in a spot where like. I don't have enough time to do all the stuff that's swirling around in my head that I want to do. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> do you have like a bucket list or things you want to like, try to do or just... I don't know. It's hard right now. I'm like in the middle of vacation. Right now I'm in like epic yeah. mode. Right now my, my, my project is, is compiling all the stuff I did all year into like a, a book. And I'm putting that together. I showed you earlier. Yeah. Um, Are you going to make a physical book? <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to have it printed. It's going to be like a digital just to like show people. Because yeah. yeah. um, I don't... I think... People see my stuff, uh, you know, here and there, but I think if I presented it that way, and you could see, I'm like on page like 70 something of like, just unbelievable amount of work. Um, right. I mean, some of it's good, some of it's trash, but whatever. It's definitely the most work I've done. Yeah. Now, long, long. now, how would you describe kind of like your your style or the the dreaded A word, the aesthetic? Like, I, you know, I think you're very versatile. So I, one of the things this question was cool a couple months ago when I first thought of it, but now. A lot of designers, and especially with being the flexibility of you know clients, the aesthetic is almost not having one. So I think this answer always varies. I don't think I have one, to be perfectly honest. I think I I would consider myself like a chameleon, like because I will create whatever a client wants me to create. Um, that's good, I guess. But I mean, I'd love to be one of those guys who was known for having this one specific style. That's really hard to do. That's like, you know, like writers spend their entire life learning how to write and then finding their voice, right? Like, there's some artists out there that, like, you see a piece of work and you know exactly whose that is. Or, like, they, so they get work based on their look. Um, there's a guy who's like Hydro74 on Instagram, right? Okay. He has like a really, really cool illustration style. 
Um, it's like one of a kind. You can sp- spot his stuff a mile away, but he gets hit up by like Xbox, Star Wars, LucasArts, Nike, and he just like does all these really cool line art pieces. Like he has like really top tier cl- uh, clients. Just and he draws like really dope shit. Like he does all the packaging for like Star Wars toys, like the illustrated stuff. Yeah. It's tight. Or like an Aaron James Draplin. Like he has that like spe- um, specific look. Like that old retro, like 70s sort of look, chunky type, bright colors that everyone kind of emulates now. But like he's known for that look. Or there's another guy like Signal Noise up in Nova Scotia does like all the super retro 80s. Like kind of, he started that like that 80s retro, like glowing pink type yeah, yeah. like a couple years ago. And his stuff's taken off. He does like, he's getting commissioned to do like movies for Hollywood, like these cool old retro uh, movie posters and stuff like that. So. I wish I had that ability, it's just I haven't found it, right. or even like, I don't even know how to go about finding yeah. the aesthetic. I'd say that, you know, right now where I'm at, I'm, I'm taking on as much work and doing as much work as I can. Um, so I could, t- I make my style fit whatever yeah. the product is or the services for the client. Like if they're what? trying to sell this, then it's gonna look like this. Like yeah. I try to, I, I look at, you know, what does the client need? What are they trying to do? Who are they trying to reach? And then I will mimic, you know, I would create something for them for that, for the purpose. Like, what's the end use? Like, who's the end target market and stuff like that? Yeah, so. I think uh, most recently you did like a law firm. Yep. And it was really great to see all the comps and like the early sketches and the ideas that, and to see it like, like you showed behind the curtain like tenfold. So to see like the evolution of that. And if you were set one way, you might not have, they'd be like, oh, well, these are three of Steve's like go to looks. And then, yeah. That's not what we're trying to go for for this younger, you know, hipper law firm. Right? Sure, sure, sure. Well, for my process for like logos and branding and stuff like that, it's like I'll, I'll sit down with the, the, the business owners and all the, 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 the decision makers and stakeholders to talk about like who they're trying to reach. Like who are you trying to do business with? Who's going to make the, biz, the bulk of your clientele? Like who's paying you money? Okay, like who are those people? What do they like? What do they drive? What do they see? What do they respond to? All right, well, let's connect you to like that. That law firm wants to go after millennial realtors. Well, what is that millenn- female yeah. millennial realtor? What's she into? What does she drive? I was like stalking Facebook pages of people that fit this demographic and like looking at their photos. Of what kind of stuff were they finding? Oh, some market right? research. Exactly. So then when I came back with them, like the logo looked like this really like posh fashion piece. Like it looked like something that would fit perfectly. Like this mm-hmm. woman would love it, right? And it's it's a matter of just fitting, um, making a look that like that will resonate to the cl- to the to the target client, mm-hmm. to, the, to the target market. So it, it takes me out of it, right? So it's it's not my taste or what I think it should be, and it's also not my client's gut reaction what they think it should be. It's what their client wants. So it kind of takes that emotional gut reaction out of it, right. but it makes you think more logically and more from a business standpoint than just like a gut feeling, right? Which, you know, like ah, I don't like blue. Well, okay, but maybe <laughs> your yeah. your prospective client likes blue, so right. let's remove yourself from it. Yeah. So. And we are back. You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode number 45, 45. Cinco. 
As we said before, this week's features artist, if you haven't picked up on it, is Steve Raboyne. Connecticut's own. He does all the great work at Hanging Hills. Hanging Hills Brewing Company are up there in Hartford, Connecticut. You can find Steve at Steve Raboyne on Instagram. Also, his beer muscles, his alter ego, leading to his yang. But one of the great things, you may have seen some of Steven's work before we introduce you to him through the 16-ounce Doodle or Die. And through that, it reiterated to me the incredible work ethic that Steve has. The guy is putting out work all the time. It's a lot of, you know, sometimes it's, it's commission work, sometimes it's for clients, sometimes it's beer work. But creating, 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 he's, his pencil is always sharp. He's always working. He's not, you know, sitting back and waiting for things to come to him. He's got his day hustle, he's got his side hustle, and he's probably got a third hustle there. And, you know, he's, uh, he's a really impressive. It was really great to speak to him, to learn about that. Super humble guy. He just keeps keeps his head down and grinds and grinds. And it was really great. Also, as we mentioned, he's our first uh, vet to have on there. So you know, we uh, you know we thank him for his service. We'll repeat that again. I know he said it's uh, awkward for him. He doesn't know what to say back. So you know, we thought we'd say it a few more times just to you know thank him for his service. So when he's listening, he's not sure you know what to do with his hands. But we do appreciate it. We do appreciate all of his support. It's really nice. We're trying to we're trying to build a community here. We were, you know, no egos. We hope that why you know whatever reason it is that you're listening to the podcast, that there's something you take away from it. Whether it is you have a new appreciation for an artist, or maybe you as an artist or a small business person, or just somebody who loves craft beer and you're trying to. You know, bring the circle together. I know that personally for me, I've been making more of an effort. You know, one of the goals of 2018 is to be a little bit better with networking. You know, trying to listen to other podcasts in the craft beer scene. You know, some are a little intimidating when they talk about, you know, the different tastes or profiles and things that they get when they drink a beer. You know, I know what I like and I'm able to describe it fairly well. But I also, you know, cannot tell you that I smell, you know, a certain type of fruit and, you know, tobacco and this spice and that spice and that, you know, this was brewed, this style. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't, and I don't know if I'm ever going to do it or if I ever want to do it. I definitely, you know, there's some good and there's some bad. You know, it, it creates a little, yeah, just it, it can be really weird when some of the stuff that they're saying, it's just like you had that beer in your mouth for 30 seconds and you're going to tell me all this stuff, but... We digress. So I just really enjoy experiences like this because, A, the ones in person are a lot of fun. You know, the audio quality, I think it was actually really great. I think we continue to focus on our production here. I think we're really making an effort to bring you a quality product. You know, we're not just, you know, half-assing it. You know, really, we're we're full-ass. This is a full-ass production. And so... We just really had a, it was a great opportunity to try a brewery, you know, in person, go there, meet some of the staff and really enjoy the beers that I had. I had a nice stout and it was one of their, and also one of their uh, New England IPAs. And it was just really, you know, a good experience to, to be there, to kind of see all of Steve's work, you know, up on the walls 
and do it in person because they're they're fun. Uh, you know, we're working. If you're an audio file or audio geek and you've got you know cool recommendations on different mics or setups, you know we're always listening. We'd love to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, it's that easy. You know, humble. We're humble. We have no uh, pretense here. We're continuing to grind. You know, we have a couple more episodes left in season four, our fourth 12 pack. We'll be getting into our season five. And we're pretty close to locking up season six. So it's really exciting. We're definitely we're gonna hit that year mark and you know keep keep pushing forward. So stay tuned for more information there. Steve Reboyne, Beer Muscles, 16 ounce canvas. Let's get right back into it. So without further ado, part two for you. Yabba dabba doo. Now, what is, like, what is your, uh, like, it, on the nerd level, like, what are you, I mean, I've seen your sketches, so, I mean, are you drawing and, and scanning, like, what is your, what is your process? <laughs> um, With for what? Sauce? Like, I don't know, for that, for the law firm, or for your Okay, it's for, like, all your labels, like, are you, are you hand-drawing them, or you're all, you're all digi, or? Um, you, it's you, kind of a mix, man, it depends on what it is. Okay, for, like, the beer labels, um, a lot of times, uh, Joe will hit me up. And say, hey, we're releasing a beer. It's here's the name. That's fine. Okay. <coughs> Edit point number six. No, just kidding. All right. So, so for like the beer labels, a lot of times Joe will hit me up and he'll say, hey, we're releasing a beer in a couple weeks. This is the style and this is the name. Um, and he'll, you know, he might. Sometimes it'll be like. I have no idea <laughs> what I want it to be. Here's a style and here's the name. Or sometimes it'll be like, here's a very specific thing I want. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take his idea um, and I'll try my best to give it back to him the way he requested it. And then I will kind of poke at him a little more to give me more information. Like, okay, like what made you come up with this, right? Like what, you, you say you want an old lady climbing up a mountain. Well, what do you really mean? So if, if there's a better way I can show that, that's not a, a nail on the head, like super literal right. image. Is there something else I can do that kind of does the same thing? I think, I mean, looking around here, I think like that one, Life in the Woods, which is yeah. like just a pile of leaves. Originally, like he said, oh, I want to see like a nature scene with a lake and a camp and a campfire and like all this shit everywhere. I'm like, oh man. That sounds awesome, but like that's gonna be a lot of freaking work, unless you want to license like a, a painting that exists and pay somebody like royalties and stuff like that. So I like came up with what he kind of asked me, but I was like, or we can do something like that, which you might want to show later. Is like very simple, just a, like a couple lines of text in like a right. pile of leaves. Like that's life in the woods, right? Like yeah. Like, kind of show them, like, what it could be. Yeah. Um, so, the, for the beer labels like that, they're kind of just a lot of go, go back and forth. Yeah. You know, some are easy, some are, like, more difficult. just depends on what they come at me with. Um, okay. For, like, logos and stuff, I do a ton of, like, like I kind of described earlier, like, meeting right. with, with a client and, like, who they want to contact and then doing a ton of market research and kind of um, showing them, you know, what their clients like um and then the work process would be like a ton of research tons of sketches um that the pro this process that i, that I described earlier though it kind of really helps me in filters out because i could do like a million logos right 
like, oh, it could be this, this, and this, where, like, if I do the process that I explained, mm -hmm. it'll, I'm like, all right, well, there's only, like, really three directions I can go now. So then I, it really refines the process and makes the design process much easier. For and me. how did you come to that process? That seems like a very, like, evolved way of thinking. I probably learned, younger Steve was probably like, oh, yeah, young Steve would be like, oh, here's 20 options that I drew and executed, like, and people would be like, oh, Jesus, I don't know what the hell to do. And I'm like, I I'm, would go ape shit, right? Like, here's 20 different logos, and they'd be like, all over the goddamn place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I actually learned it. I follow a guy online who's, like, a really cool, um, his name is Chris Doe. He runs, like, a, he, he's, like, a one of those, like, life coach people, but for, like, designers. Okay. Be because there's a lot, like, a Gary V type. But yeah. for designers, right? Okay. Because there's a lot of, in design school and in the design industry, there's so much harping on, like, design and aesthetics and, oh, that logo is dog shit or that font is terrible or that color doesn't fit. But there's never any talk about, like, how to be a business person and yeah. how to run a business correctly. It's like, no, you just work your ass off. and You know what I mean? Like, it's all about the work yeah. and not, like, how to... Yeah run a business where well, that's his thing is like how to yeah. actually be a viable business person yeah it's coming twice it's coming last two or three interviews and there's a guy we interviewed Matt Leach he works at Virginia Beer Company and Brothers he teaches a class at James Madison it's like very little art and more like the business like how to make an invoice. Yeah. Like how to like put a presentation together. Yeah. And I was like, and that was one of our earlier episodes and like last couple of like people were like, man, I wish someone would have taught me that or I learned that way too late in the game. Yeah. And, this, and I was like, oh man. So we had, like design school would be like, all right, choose a font. All right, I chose that font. Well, you need better know like who designed that typeface, when they designed it, the year they designed it, like all this like Things that are like, yeah, it's important, yeah, but like, right. really, who gives a shit? Like, did the Helvetica documentary? Yeah, like, I would rather know, like, yeah, yeah exactly, like, how to do your quarterly taxes. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> how to, what can I, yeah. What can, how to deduct your shit in your office so you could do work? Like, how to, how to, um, you know, find clients, how to invoice yeah. people, how to price yourself correctly. You know what I mean? Like, that's like actual yeah. stuff. That's, I think it's, yeah, right, because you're just like, you go to this number, you like slide it across the <laughs> table, and you're like, yeah, we good? Like, yeah. But this guy is really cool. Like, he, All right. following his stuff, um, took me from being like, oh, I don't know, will you, I don't know, please give me money. Now where I'm straight up like, it's this much? Yeah. yeah and I remember, that's that. I remember when I met you, your brother, where you were like bagging your head, you're like, oh, I had this sister. He was like, all right, you like backed down. That was great. Because well, uh, like, I, I, you know, again, it's, I keep talking about the same thing. It's like, you know, like, like attracts like. If, and why I don't like to do cheap work anymore is because you do cheap, shitty work for cheap-ass people. They're only going to refer you, refer you to other cheap-ass people. Where, like, if you do really good work for people that are willing to pay you money, they're going to refer you to people like them. Right. So if you can eliminate yeah. the ding And this would be a good way to segue to our next question, but I've kind of realized that, like, for breweries who care... They're making an investment. Like if they make a good beer, your artwork is important. But once they once someone sees your artwork for the first time, the beer is what keeps them. Mm -hmm. But they're making an investment in having Steve do our labels and Steve bring our vision to life. And they're committed to you. They're committed to like all these different breweries are making that choice to pay that extra money for that special wrap, that special mm -hmm. can. And that says a lot. So I, I think it's 
it's yeah, you're, to your point, like some folks are like, you know, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna hack this, you know, logo up that you know, and paint, and I hope it looks cool, but. My beers be world class. They don't see like the branding and the marketing. Yeah, I think you could get away with that earlier, like like ten years ago. You could yeah. have like taken a dump on a yeah. label, slapped it on your can, and people would have like applauded you. Like I remember like ten years ago being like, "Oh, that label looks like shit," and people would be like, "Oh, it doesn't matter what the label looks like. It's, without, it's on right. the inside." Because it was like the cans were becoming new, so it was like this tiny little sticker. Yeah. And or they would just they would be like, "Fuck it," and they would just write like a big black marker, yep. like, like Joe IPA. Like that's all it was. Right. And they didn't care. But now it's like you can't anymore now like, because now there's so many breweries out there. Yeah. That even like the Instagram it, game, right? You gotta like yeah. you gotta look cool on somebody's feed, right? And yep. It's like I've, yep. I mean, I, unfortunately, I've had many shitty beers that look really cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've like, had I've definitely. Yeah. It's like I, I more times than not, like I've had like a beer. It's like man, I wish they spent more time concocting yeah. this beverage than like, they did yeah. designing the label. The label is sweet, and then then the other way around too. Like I've had beers that were like phenomenal. That came in like mm-hmm. there was nothing on the can. No. Um, so now like I don't even trust the labels. I just I have a beer guy yeah. in my neighborhood. I'm like, right, yeah. what is the best beer that's yep. like the freshest? And or you can brother bring you treehouse all the time. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but he moved. He moved. He moved to Nashua. So my treehouse. Oh, what? Yeah, my stream is oh, cut off, man. Terrible person. Nah. So step back. <clears throat> how did you come to team? I mean, we've kind of skipped over the what, yeah, what, where yeah, we yeah. are, but how did you come up to team up with <clears throat> your Hanging Hills? So like I said, with the whole beer muscles thing, I started that for fun because, you know, my my joy outside of design is, is uh, I like to work out. I feel that's that's necessary. I've like I've always been into fitness and sports and stuff like that. I'm so I've always been into like lifting weights and stuff like that. And I've always been into craft beer. I, I just, do like how you say lifting weights. Like if you really follow along, like he's not just like, oh, I'm going to do like a 35 pound curl. <laughs> It's like squats and deadlifts. Yeah, or, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Olympic weightlifting. Right, so yeah. Heaving yeah. as much over yeah. my head. Like right, putting your back and body. And like. I think that, like, it comes <laughs> to, like, I played football. I wrestled. Like, I need the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like, this could kill me. Right. Because if I don't have that level of, of like, danger, like, I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm not I'm really, yeah, we'll get to the story. <laughs> when I first met Steve, it was, like I said, it was at, at Hops for Hope. And he was wearing a shirt that said, Dad Life. And I was like, all right, dad bod. And I'm like, I'm looking like a fucking pear. I've been in the shit once. I feel like so shitty about myself. And he's like, dad bod. And I was like, dad bod? I go, I go if that was my dad bod, I'd be like, I'd be good to go. And you're like, oh, I haven't been lifting in a couple of weeks. So I feel really, t-. I'm like, I was like, all right, if I didn't like you already, we would not, we would not be friends. But, uh, I'm yeah. hard on myself, man. Yeah. I'm hard on myself. I feel like, like, I think I, all my work is dog shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I like, oh. Self-hate, you know. Self- <laughs> Self-loathing. This is probably where all my work comes Self-deprecation, from. Self-deprecation, <laughs> right? If you can't make fun of yourself. Yeah. But, no, you're saying you, uh, we got to get... Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so, Hanging Hills. Um, like I said, with the whole beer muscles thing, um, I, I was excited because Hanging Hills had opened up and there's a couple other places in town opened up. And I was really, like, you know, retweeting their announcements about opening and, um, you know, really excited about that happening because I, I had been involved in it craft beer scene in, in this area for a while back to like 2006 when i got out of the military there was five breweries in the state five now there's what pushing 50 possibly yeah i think it's right? 60 now, yeah. so that you're looking at in in 11 years that's a massive growth um not much in hartford so to have these guys open up was great and i came down with my brother one day we had done like hopped around a whole bunch of breweries that we hit a bunch in middletown and this is our last stop, so I was a little bit not, shitty. Not the best version of yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a happy drunk. I'm a happy, yeah, yeah. I'm a fun guy. Um, I don't get belligerent or anything. But uh, 
I ran into Joe, and we were just kind of shooting shit. And he recognized me. He's like, hey, you're that beer muscles guy. He's like, oh, let me buy you a beer. You're always sharing our stuff. And I had, like, mentioned being a designer, blah, blah, blah. And that was that. We were very friendly about it. Um, so then I had come in, and, you know, a couple times, and we talked about it. And I had done some design work for a food truck, and he was trying to get some crap beer on his food truck. And when I made the connection to, of those two, I said, hey, Joe, by the way, I'm also a designer. If you're looking for any help, just keep me in mind. He uh, emailed me back saying, hey, the guy that was helping us can't help me anymore. Come on in. I came in. We talked. I should show them the spec work I had done for the home brewer. He was like, hey, let's do it. Full and then he, that was like in March. Yeah. And now like I've done every beer they've released since. And I did a bunch of stuff for their like annual, uh, first annual party. And yeah. A bunch of their social media. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty steady. Like. Um, you do like two beer releases a month, um, right? A bunch of you know, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in Hartford. I'm in Shelton, and <clears throat> at first it was like oh, I, didn't, I didn't really know much about Hanging Hills, and they come. Yeah, I said I have a great shop in the neighborhood, and they, all, I mean, they're always they got like two to three, four sometimes different other beers. So it was kind of like wow, like I really you turned me on to them, and it was kind of nice to see that like they're you know they're they're expanding, which is it's hyper. Connecticut's hyper competitive because like originally didn't have all the breweries, mm-hmm. but it had all the distribution, so it had every, all the big players, for the most part. And now it's like, it, you know, unless it's a really really good beer shop, the the, the shelf space is, is super aggressive. Yeah, I think I just hit it off with them. Like we had the same same kind of attitude. Joe's a pretty cool guy, pretty laid back, pretty mellow. He seemed like a guy I would have partied with in high school, you know. Like, right. So him and I kind of hit it off pretty well, and, you know. So, I mean, I wish them the best of luck. I mean, if they do well, I do well. Right. So it's in my best interest that they, yeah, they they make great beer and, you know, continue to sell. So what's the 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 project management like life cycle like? All right, so it's roughly two beers a month. Like, is it like I need this beer? I need this label tomorrow, or? Um, it kind of when we first kind of started, it was a little bit more like, hey, let's try it out because I don't think they knew my capabilities, so they'd give me a little more time um, to come up with some things. But they, you know. Like anything, uh, they, they'll do, all right, we're going to do, do these two beers, here are the labels. Um, I usually get about a week to do a label. And then once in a while, they'll, they'll come up with a collaboration or, you know, they'll, they'll need something. Like, you know, it's got to go to the TTB to get approved. Yeah. So we'll, we'll send it off and we won't realize that, like, it comes back, like, the day before it's supposed to go to print. Oh, we need to have a change. Sometimes it gets a little hairy. Um, and then... I'm trying to help out with them, like, social media, like, when they're going to release. I'll try to make something really nice for their Instagram page when they say, hey, we're releasing this. So it kind of looks tight. Um, you know, sometimes that'll be, like, that week I need it done. So it's not too bad. Usually by the end of the month is when they're kind of going into crunch mode. Like, we're really – because the thing is they they need, you know, TTB could take forever to approve a, a label. So, like, the earlier they get it, the more time they have to approve it, and then they can – yeah, what kind of stuff do you have? I always love I thought that'd be a good like sub podcast like the TTB like rejections and what have you had pushback from them it's always weird if you do like something uh, like so lately they've been doing a couple like um, collaborations with bands okay so like they did one with like the drive-by truckers oh, and wow. it's like they called it like a Georgia Brown and like TTB came back like you need to put brewed in the USA or product of the USA because it could be confusing like it's from oh, the like country Georgia, Georgia? Like, what the fuck? Or, you know what I mean or yeah, like drive by truckers yeah, yeah yeah or like sometimes that's pretty cool no, that's yeah they're pretty they're a pretty huge band 
I don't know. I'm not really. You know them? No. Like a, I have like, heard of them, but it's I don't like know. It's like honky tonk, like jam band, <laughs> like dirty, like rock and roll. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. The one guy, yeah, I haven't seen him in years. But I remember him like slugging JD like ultra aggressively when I saw him at the festival. It was like, and they were just like, you know, trucker hats and the whole thing. Yeah. But it's all based on like you know, I guess who gets it at the TTB like. In it all, if they name their beer weird, so say instead of like, you gotta call it India Pale Ale or Lager, or it's gotta be a recognizable beer style. If you try to be cute with it, they're gonna be like, well, what the hell does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like so, like they have a YPA, Yellow Pale Ale. They'll be like, well, what is that? You know what I mean? Like anything that's not traditional, they yeah. kind of question. Um, yeah, we've heard stories of uh, you know against the grain. It is. They fuck with them all the time, I think. They say they, they feel like you're saying about who gets it. Like, one guy they feel like gets it all the time. They call him, like, the captain. And he just always, doesn't matter what they send, he always sends it back with, like, minutia. And then yeah. founders had one where for ba- the breakfast out, like, you couldn't, like, for, in Michigan, you couldn't have a baby drinking alcohol. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, Children yeah, yeah. using yep. sell alcohol. So they made, they had to make a, a Michigan-specific label that had no baby on it. Oh, wow. And it said, like, you know, they, they basically did, like, uh, they made, like, a funny, like, 1-800 number, and people would call, like, can't, you know, missing. And people called me, like, a hotline. And if you go to their YouTube page, they had, like, all the videos of, like, people couldn't find the baby. Uh, that was pretty funny, but I was like, funny. man, that's just painful. Like, that's kind of rough. That reminds me of, like, this one here, the heartbeat. See that, like, very medical-looking heart? Yeah. They actually canceled that because they said that indicates that this is a health trip. So what we did, I, the, 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 the approved label's not up there, but we turned, I turned that into a, a hop cone. Oh, okay. Instead of a heart in that pass. And like a heart-shaped hop cone? No, it was just a straight-up hop cone. Like, I took out that heart shape yeah. and put a hop cone there. That's good. That kind of brings your whole work, yeah. working in medical full circle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember that one. So, you know, Jesus. All right. But you never know. You never know what uh, the TTB is gonna say. It's, they're like all over the place. I feel like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Everything I've heard, and if you're listening to TTB, we love you. But uh, it just depends on who the person is that works there. And basically, you know, it's uh, like I, cause I've heard like they'll send it back and be like, "Are you sure?" And they'll send it back, and the person's like, "That's great," and they'll pick something else. And it's like that that part was already approved, and you told me to change this. Yeah. We didn't change that. So yeah, I don't know. That's a part of the, there's no uh, TTB for, for podcasts. So, we're good. <laughs> so uh, what else do we ask? Um, so what kind of, like, what are your, what are your go-to, you know, beers? What are you drinking? Like, what are you, what are your? Um, well, back in the day, it would have been, like, anything West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, Connecticut's gotten pretty good, man. There's a lot of good beer here. So I, my, I'll go anything local, for sure, unless, like, somebody says, no, 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 you got to drink this. Um. It's got to be hyper local. I like. I'm, I only drink like strictly like New England beers now. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly IPAs. Which is a great problem to have. I mean, yeah. I'm a I'm a Philly boy, born and raised, and we butt heads on. Uh, Steve's a Cowboys fan, <laughs> so that's uh, one of our few years I can kind of gloat. But we'll see what happens with with uh, St. Nick Foles. And um, but but yeah, I think that it's never been a better time to be in New England for beer. Yeah. I mean, basically, if you go from Connecticut North. Every state is holding their own. Yep, yep. I mean, mostly IPAs, hoppy beers. But, I, you know, I'll, like, I for Christmas, I bought a 12-pack of that Bond Trap. 
like mixer because yeah. like you know I just want like a nice clean lager. I'm yeah. just like hopped out. Like, right. I can't. I need something just like mellow. Yeah, there's so. some great pilsners and stuff. <laughs> I, just, I don't find myself always going for it, but I definitely have a beer that's not like eight or nine percent, and my taste buds are crushed after a couple. Of them. Right. It, it's important. Yep. Excellent. Uh, so what's what's you know what's the beer muscles Steve Reboin studio like when you're you're listening to tunes are you uh, ambiance guy what what are you what are you doing? Usually I'm listening to like super aggressive heavy heavy metal like yeah. Mastodon is usually like my go-to. Yeah. Um, yeah, like just like complete like rage. Yeah, mean, I, mean, I mean everything he's talking about like 85 times already mentioned is like testosterone, adrenaline, rage. <laughs> and he's like the chillest guy wearing his like comfy little holiday sweater. You know, he's got his little snowflakes on. You know, and then if you look at his picture online, he's got a little Santa hat. So it's kind of the, I, I see the two personalities, right? The beer yeah. muscles is like the aggro and the uh, Steve Rubin. I'm, I'm, I'm able to like contain it. Like, but yeah. inside of me, I, like I describe the, it like, I'm like a boiling He's like the Hulk hate, meets man. like Jekyll and Hyde. You <laughs> know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I identify with the Incredible Hulk so much because I'm like, I seem so happy on the outside, but like on the inside, I'm like ready to like. Explode. Especially when you're not, like you're not like your super like ZZ Top Junior, you know, beard you had going. Yeah, on. I trimmed it off, man. It was getting, you know, it was the getting beard nice here. Is hard, dude. The beard but it was really shitty right here. I have like this weird bald. I was like a bald spot. I can't figure it out. Yeah. So this about as thick as I go on the beard. Honestly, I like anything that's like super um, aggressive, meaning like even hip hop that's aggressive, like something that has like you know like some emotion behind it like heavy metal like old so 90s is, is hip hop tempo is like or no i don't like, know if it's a tempo like even like the vocals like some, the delivery like, like you know like that dude that i can feel the pain in that guy's soul when he's ripping right. it like i really love like deftones like that is yeah. awesome i love uh you know even like down to hip hop like wu-tang clan and notorious big is like oh. the two my two favorite hip hop albums of all time <laughs> they're like it'll be like you put on my, my phone on Skip, yeah. and it's like Mastodon, Pantera, yeah. Biggie, Wu-Tang, yeah. <laughs> Clutch Deftones. Yeah, my wife got me this awesome Wu-Tang shirt for Christmas. <clears throat> I'm so happy about it. So. All right. Okay. So, but like are you, I mean, because it's hard to figure out what you're not creating. Like, you're always creating. So, like, I mean, do you have a little area of the house, or do you kind of, like, just take every set? Like, I mean, are you always just, if you're not drawing it, you're thinking it? <sighs> I'm kind of like, oh... I have a little office that I work out of sometimes. Sometimes I just like, some of my best stuff happens first thing in the morning, because I wake up before anybody in my house and I'll just pour like a couple cups of coffee and open up my laptop or like grab a sketchbook yeah. and do a ton of work. I do more work in like that hour before the rest of the house wakes up than any part of the day because I'm like jacked up on caffeine. Nobody's bothering me. I just like rip out a bunch of ideas or now are you doing I like to. I mean uh, like, are you like the, the tracing <laughs> online or are you drawing it and then is it a scan thing like I, I, I you yeah. know oh like a lot of my drawing stuff I'll like draw on a notebook and I'll just take a shot with my phone throw it up on like my Google Drive download it on my computer or like even like my um, MacBook Pro you can just like air drop or whatever right. right to your computer ah. I'll load it up into me you know maybe I'll bring it into Photoshop and do a little correction and then I'll bring it to Illustrator usually and do like the tracing or yeah, whatever it I have to do. So, okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's like I said. Um, and then we, I feel, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. I mean, we talked about his weightlifting. Like, he's a he's a competitive weightlifter. Like, it's ridiculous. So how did you get how did you get into that? Oh well, um, 
I, you know, I, I played football in high school. I wrestled in high school. Would you then, play what position of football? <laughs> I, was a, I was a quarterback, to be honest. Yeah. I was a quarterback, long snapper, middle linebacker, and I was a kill man on the kickoff team. I played every down. I played in Rockville High School, which we had a super small team. It was like 20 kids on all the whole team. Everyone yeah. played both sides of the ball. And I was not the biggest kid at all. I was, I'm like 5'6", like 165 right. pounds, but like, that's where like now that rage and hatred like shines, man. It's like all, a lot of like the focus of my younger years were, was playing football and being super aggressive. And it's like, now I'm like this 36 year old dude. And it's like, I have nowhere for that to go. Like I spent the first 15 years of my life, 18 years of my life doing that. Oh yeah. So when I, when I learned the cross <clears throat> face, it was like a high school kid. Like, I was like, like, this is like a legal move I can do right now. Yeah. Like, like you might break a nose and like, but like that's still legal, right? And they're like, yeah. I was like, headlock yeah, so, people. Yeah, this is so and, great. Yeah, like you tapping out with a thing. Like so, until I hurt this guy, he just give up. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Cause yeah, to get into a fight in the hallway, you're suspended. You beat the shit out of this dude on the mat. Hey, you win. Exactly. <laughs> like, my freshman year of high school, before puberty, I was like 14 with the high school, so I was really little. I was not. I was like four foot ten, maybe 100 pounds soaking wet, and. I did soccer, which you know you always do, and I did crew. I was a tiny little guy in the front of the boat, and they'd have to go to the gym, and I'd like go to the weightlifting room. But I was like little, I didn't do. And there was this massive man there. He was gonna be the wrestling coach, but like they had to pay him like not just to be the wrestling coach. He had to do like, other stuff, so he ran the gym. And like for a month or two, he would just heckle me like, "Are you gonna be a cheerleader? Is that all you're gonna be?" And I was like, "What do you?" I'm like, "Dude, like what's the deal?" I'm like, "I'm a little kid. Like what do you want me to do?" <laughs> He's like, "You need to wrestle." And I was like. <clears throat> Will you stop? Will you leave me alone? I'm like, yeah, I'll wrestle, whatever you want. And I just remember they were so mad between freshman and sophomore year. Puberty kicked in. So I came back like 5'6, like 140, and they're like, what the fuck happened to you? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, so happy I have a good deep voice. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my balls dropped. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, wrestling was one of the roughest but best things I ever did in my life. That's funny. But yeah, yeah like, I, uh, Recently, not even recently anymore, it's got to be almost 10 years ago, I found, um, I, when I was in the Marines, I lifted a ton, like I did a ton, ton of like squatting, deadlifting, and powerlifting almost. Um, then I found CrossFit, and I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And that showed me weightlifting, and I really like excelled at that part of it. And then I just kind of slowly migrated to just weightlifting, which is a clean and jerk and snatch. Um, just short and thick, so right. that's kind of easy for me. Um, the other stuff that like, involves like cardio is awful because I'm not in shape, but I can like lift like a 300 pounds once and right. sit down for four Yeah, because you follow along, it's like, I'm going to get back into it. And it's like, and, like post some videos and I'm like, get back into it. I'm like, that's like a life, you know, <laughs> you know, you know like everything right there. So yeah, I do appreciate it. I don't know. It's fun. You yeah. can do something. Yeah. My brother's like, oh, I'll come play golf. I'm like, I'm never fucking playing golf. No. <laughs> yeah. I've, too much. I, I see you playing like three holes of golf and then like being the guy that like snaps his club. Yeah, yeah that's me. Like happy Gilmore. Yeah, right? oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the things that are supposed to be relaxing, like golf and fishing, are the things that like completely drive me over the like the ledge. Cause, like, I found it, I've come to enjoy <laughs> fishing a little more, but like with low expectations of actually catching anything. If I go and I'll think I'm going to catch anything, then I'm going to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the the dogs are here, and so uh, yeah, I think we're good, man.
Cool. cool. Thanks a lot, man. Anything, anything else you need to know about me? I don't want to find you. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed it, dude. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure, man. And there you have it, folks. Steve Raboyne. R-A-B-O-I-N. Just think Boyne rhymes with coin because Steve's shit is money. Is that a stretch? I don't know. I was pretty proud of that when I came up with that. But you have been listening to episode number 45. 45 more episodes than we thought were humanly possible, and we are having a great time. We'll be excited. It's an upcoming milestone. We'll be excited when we do the one-year anniversary in April. That'll get us, you know, that'll make us really excited. That'll probably get us in the mid-50s by that point. And then from there, we're going to take it right to the Century Club. So we're not going anywhere. If you're an artist we haven't found you, don't worry. We've got our sleuth team. We will find you. We will get you on the show, and the world will be your oyster. I don't get what that fucking means, by the way. I don't know. The world's my oyster. You only have, like, one little tiny. You open up an oyster. It's, like, really tiny. Like, you don't get a lot. I mean, they're good, but you need to eat, like, a lot of oysters. I don't know. know, Clams. Whatever. Whatever. I'm excited. Going to Portland next week. It's going to be great. But 16-ounce canvas, 160zcanvas.com. You can find us ready. Get your pens out. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And then there's going to be something cool or something I've never seen before. Obviously, wherever you get your eye, you know, your uh, your podcasting on, you found us. Stream on the website. You can download it. Email it to a friend. Upload it to a thing. Pirate it. Take it. Do whatever you got to do with it. But if you're doing something with it and you're over there, we wouldn't mind. We would appreciate a little like, maybe a little review. You know, you know, you know. It definitely does not go unnoticed. We had a sticker contest. We'll be sending out stickers to all of those who reached out. If you would like to receive one of our state-of-the-art Gravel Dead Pokemon collaboration pirated sticker jobs, reach out aj at 160zcanvas.com with your address, and we'll stick a stick a sticker in the mail. Stick a stick a stick a stick a stick a. And we went with the uh, you know aggressive aggressive music for Steve. We had a little Mastodon, we got Deftones, we had Biggie, you know the trifecta of Steve, and uh, we're having a good old time. So we want to thank Steve again, Steve Raboyne, rhymes with coin, R A B O I N on Instagram. Also, you can find his alter ego beer. I think it's a double underscore muscles. That's a really cool thing that he's doing there. And like I said, he's a great work ethic. He's a really chill guy, really nice to talk to. He and I will be uh, you know, getting drunk at various events throughout the year. We'll uh, we'll share those for you. We'll get some more cameos, and you know, we'll see where things go. So we're having a great time. Like I said, we are here each and every week. We make sure we have some content for you. We're trying our best to get you as much unique stuff every day, and uh, that won't stop for the for- foreseeable future. Now, with all that... Underway, two things that we want to get to. One is my Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Super Bowl 52 coming up and cannot be more excited. So hopefully, if you don't have any skin in the game, your team is not the Patriots, then maybe I can get your uh, 
Get your support, your positive energy, and um, would love it. Would love it. Would love it. Second, like I said before, we are heading up to Portland next weekend, heading up to Oxbow. Very excited to be, you know, meeting some of our crew for the first time. Looking forward to meeting uh, Mr. Mike Van Hall, meeting Carl Grandin, and also, you know, Will Sears, who will be episode number 46 next week. We try to tie that in with his show, Artistic Directions. And then while we're up there, we hopefully get the opportunity to cross off one of our bucket list items of Keith Shore agreeing to do the do the podcast at some point down in the future. Keith does great work with McKellar. You know, that's one of the other you know iconic labels and brands. And so you know, the man is super busy. But hopefully, we can get some time with uh, with Keith in two thousand and eighteen. And then lastly, this one is you know just more of a kind of a statement. You know, we've we've seen lately a lot of these labels, you know, a lot of issues that are coming up. And when I say a lot, I mean I think it's all relative. But you know whether it's the you know overtly you know, sexist and terrible names, you know, like like panty dropper or things that really you know, degrade women and just are, are just really terrible. I want to say that you know that shit needs to stop. I mean, it's beer. You can argue that oh, it's just beer, blah blah. blah. But that still doesn't make it okay. Don't be an asshole. You have a mother, you have a sister, you have a wife, whatever, partner, lover, friend. Just don't be an asshole. You know, I think that we need to do a better job of that. And hopefully, you know, with the, with folks standing up, you know, we've seen that change. But. Just be, you know, just try to be a better version of yourself and just think, you know, think about somebody other than yourself once in a while. And then lastly, this is like the most recent one and it's really fucked. And I don't care what people say. And, you know, I, I definitely, you know, express my opinions, you know, on their page. There's a brewery in Canada that came out with a beer called Hanging Oak and they thought that it was okay to display a tree with a noose on it. And, Okay, if you want to say that it wasn't done as a racial thing, is what doesn't wasn't done as a racist? They didn't think about it; they made a mistake. But it is. I mean, it's a. Ver- I mean, it's not saying that they're approving, but they're trying to say you know. And when I say they, sadly for the brewery, it's a lot of their quote unquote fans or patrons on their social sites. Are trying to defend it as a historical landmark or a historical site, and this great, you know, folklore tale of how they would hang criminals or they hung a fucking pirate or something ridiculous. And it's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. It's ridiculous. If they were foolish enough to, you know, be blind or deaf to it, <coughs> they should, you know. They need to do a better job of that. And if you're out there and you're doing creative stuff, you're doing branding, whatever you're doing, give it a second opinion. Take 10 minutes. Take an hour. Call up a friend or email the the idea. Just because somebody in your town, in this historical thing, used it to hang criminals or hang pirates, noose hanging from a tree is fucking racial symbolism it's racist deals with lynching and terrible imagery that people have and just because it didn't happen in your town 
Don't make excuses for it. Think about somebody else. Thankfully, we can say that the brewery is scrapping it, so it'll no longer be the label they use, and they're going to you know, reinvent the beer in a new way. So what's inside the can is fine. But come on, people. It's a fucking beer, and you fighting for it is completely unnecessary. You can call me a snowflake. You can call me a leftist, a liberal, whatever you want to fucking call me. You call me that. But change the fucking label and do the right thing. Thankfully, they are. But those folks who are calling themselves patrons or supporters of the brewery, in my opinion, are going to be the demise of that brewery. Because one of the beautiful things is there's so many breweries, even as Steve said, and this is not Steve's opinion. This is my opinion, AJ's opinion only. But years ago, there was five or six breweries in Connecticut. Now we're close to 60. So it's a business. And that's how you can run your business. You know, there's people who invest their money. There's jobs that can be created. But you know what? There's jobs that will be lost. Think, folks. Don't be an idiot. Think. And just in life, be compassionate and think about other people. Just because you're not a racist, just because you're not a sexist, does not mean that all of a sudden it goes away and doesn't exist. We don't want it to exist, but deal with the realities of what's around you in this world. Make the world a better place by being compassionate, looking at things through somebody else's eyes. The old euphemism, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. But as the great can says, don't be a douchebag. Until next week, folks. Hopping off the soapbox.